can, but I would venture to say that the count would be great if I asked the question, how many of us have tried to do it on our own and have failed miserably every time? And I'm thankful tonight that, this morning, that we have a God that we serve who is a God who doesn't worry about our past. He's blessing us in our present, but he's looking forward to our future, and that is what we need to be doing today, is being thankful for where we come from, excited about where we are, but stoked about where we're headed. And I'm, this morning, I'm thankful that I'm not who I used to be. Thank God for that. I've got a long ways to go, as the old-timers used to say in testimony service, but I'm not what I used to be, and thank God I'm moving forward. And uh, amen. Let's get into the Word. I'm thankful this morning that Pastor Hank and Pastor Rhonda uh, asked me to, to bring a word this morning. It was something that's been burning in my heart for weeks now, and I just wanted to share a few things with you. Um, if you'll turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 100, we're going to start there. I'm probably going to read quite a few different scriptures, and you can feel free to write them down, take notes. We're going to be discussing this morning a topic that is very dear to me, and that is the topic of worship. How many people in here love to worship the Lord? Well, we've got a couple people who, who like worshiping the Lord. This morning, I'm going to take some time just to talk about the purpose of worship and why we worship. Talk about our attitude in worship. I'm going to talk about corporate worship. I'm going to talk about the act of worship. And I hope that by the time that we're finished this morning, which, you know, probably another four or five hours, <clears throat> just teasing, just teasing. Pastor says, you've got a key you can lock up. Um, I hope by the time that we're done here today that it's going to help us in our worship experience, that when we come back into the presence of God corporately, that the next time we come together, we'll be able to worship God differently and have a, a deeper understanding of why we worship and who we are. I want to tell you that every one of you this morning were created to worship God. Your, the breath was breathed into you to worship God. Because it does tell us in the book of Psalms that he that has breath praise God. He designed you and I to praise Him. Sometimes I feel like a cheerleader when I'm leading worship because I, I, I say, come on, let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. And it, I want you to know that I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I am trying to encourage you how to enter into the presence of Jehovah. By lifting your hands, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's, let's get to Psalms 100 verse 2. It says, worship the Lord with gladness come before him with joyful songs. This morning, the purpose of worship is to take the focus off from you and I and put our focus on God. Amen? Father, we just ask this morning that you would bless your word. Father God, as we take the word this morning and we apply it to our life, God, we pray that your anointing would here be here to break and destroy the yoke of bondage break the chains off of people's lives in this place today, that God, we'd be able to worship you in true spirit. God, we just ask that you're anointing. Mm. I sense your presence in this place. God, we just pray that we'll be able to hear a word from you, God. 
and apply it to our lives. We just give you praise in advance for what you're about to do. And everybody loves Jesus. Say amen. Amen. Every true worshiper has to have an understanding of what their purpose is and why we worship. But I want to tell you, how many here are, are familiar with the terminology revival? Everybody's talking about these day and age, we want revival. I want to be in the middle of revival. Anybody ever heard that? Well, let me tell you what revival comes from. Every true revival has always been accompanied by new music. So you say, well, you know, the music here is too loud. Maybe the music's not your style. In order for us to have a move of God, it shows us in the word where music is a part of every movement that's ever happened. And it's usually involving new music, something that is a new sound, something that is new material, something that is relevant to what's going on in this day and time for you and me to be able to relate to. By no means does it mean that we're taking away and changing the scripture and changing the word of God, but I believe our worship should be bound or found and, and based off of the scripture. I know that I, I've written many songs, and one of the songs that I've written here uh, lately that we did called Cast Me Not Away is a song that's written right out of the book of Psalms. And I, I tell you, that if we can't sing the word, we have no business singing at all. When we speak the word, when we sing the word, we are putting something in the atmosphere that the enemy hates. That's why when you come to church sometimes on Sunday mornings and you feel uh, depressed or you feel bogged down by what's going on in your life and you have a hard time lifting your hands, you have a hard time singing, you have a hard time concentrating on what God wants you to do, it's because the enemy does not want you to enter into the presence of Jehovah. And although music is usually the most controversial element of a service, it is a critical element that cannot be ignored. We need this morning to understand the incredible power of music. We need to learn to embrace it and embrace that power by being willing vessels to set aside all of our personal preferences and use the music that will best reach an unchurched uh, group of people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's what revival really is, is using music to reach the lost. I'm gonna, I mean, I'll be honest with you. There's people that come in here, maybe never been to church before, or they haven't been to church in a long time, and they come in here, and I can promise you, they get moved by our worship. Some of you come in this place, and you, your attitude is, well, bless me if you can, Lord, but I just got a rotten attitude. And something in the middle of our worship begins to transfer. It begins to happen sometimes, and you don't even know it. You begin to, the attitude begins to change because you're in an environment of worship. And I want to venture to say this. If you learn to worship your way through your circumstances, it doesn't mean your circumstances will go away. But what I can promise you this, the circumstances seem very small compared to a great big God in the middle of your worship. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Go ahead and give God a hand clap of praise. For he's worthy of his word this morning. Music sets the mood for a service. And we shouldn't come into church to be a, a funeral. I didn't get any amens out of that, but I grew up in Detroit and, and our church, my dad pastored, was 80% African-American and I can promise you even the funerals were church. 
So our church services, I can promise you, were off the chain. We didn't, we didn't have doom and gloom services. When we had church, you knew that you had church. Matter of fact, you probably got a, bit, a better workout in a church service, in a worship service, than you did going to the gym. I mean, I, can, I remember Sister Johnson dancing so much, her weave went flying one way, and her nails went another way, and the shoes went... I mean, I, we used to worship God in the attitude and the spirit of David. David danced so much and worshiped God so much that he lost his clothes in the middle of worship. Now, I don't recommend that here. Glory to God. I think God will understand our worship and understand that we keep our clothes on, but we can still give God a crazy praise. Amen? I like to give God a crazy praise, a praise that doesn't even make any sense to people. And I'll tell you why I like to do it that way is because people don't know the hell that I've been through. I have a reason to give God praise. I have a reason to worship God. And I'm not going to let anybody take that away from me. I know what I've been through. I know the things that I've come through. I know the things that I'm going through. But I also know where I'm going. And without a purpose and without a destiny to, to know where you're going, you are lost in the middle of your worship. So I'm here to say it to you today like this. Get a vision of where God wants you to go and where he wants you to be and hang on to that vision. And when you worship God and you have a focus on that vision, nothing else matters when you're in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. You know, the devil is not the only one that has music that can move you. I, in the middle of teaching uh, a, a worship seminar back a few years ago, I had a revelation, and I'm sure other people have had the same revelation. I'm sure Pastor Hanks probably taught this and, and preached this many times, but it just, it hit me as clear as day as, you know, we like to say that there's a McDonald's on every street corner. Is that correct? There's a McDonald's everywhere. I mean, I was in Prague, and there was McDonald's everywhere. I went to Vienna, and there's, there's McDonald's everywhere. I was in Timbuktu, and there was probably a McDonald's there. There's no stoplight, but there's a McDonald's. So we know that that's how it is. But, you know, in a lot of places here in Cleveland, there's a church on every corner. Now, Cleveland's been blessed. We don't have a whole lot of bars and a whole lot of nightclubs, thank God. But, you know, a lot of cities in America, the majority of the cities in America, there's as many bars as there is churches. And I, I got a revelation one day while I was teaching a a worship seminar, and God spoke to me and says, you know, the enemy is trying to replicate what I've done. While God has created the church for people to come in to worship God with great music, moving music, the enemy has done the same thing with the bar. He's, he's, whether it's a jukebox or whether it's a, a live band, the music's drawing people into that club, into that bar, to have themselves what they think is a good time. Then the, God spoke to me and he says, you know, and I've also sent the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, to be able to speak to you and to move you. And sometimes, and if, you, if you, anybody knows here, you've ever been uh, ministered by the Holy Spirit or been filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit sometimes will make you do things that your natural body doesn't know that you're naturally doing. And God spoke to me and says, you know, that's exactly what the enemy has done with alcohol. It's a supplement. It's a, it's a, it's a counterfeit for the Holy Ghost. And when people begin to drink alcohol, it makes you do crazy thanks. I didn't get any amens out of anybody in here today, but I'll be the first to admit I, Lord have mercy. But we understand that the enemy's always doing things to duplicate or to counterfeit what God is doing. He went a step further and he says, you know, people will go to the bar and they'll sit at the bar and the bartender becomes like Dr. Phil. And 
and he'll listen to everybody's situation and everybody's problems. It's kind of like playing country music backwards. When you do, you get your dog back and you get your wife back and you get your, your house back and you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. And that's exactly what I'm sure the bartender feels is as he's listening to everybody talk, he's giving out his advice. And they keep throwing money down to keep buying that drink and keep throwing the money down and God spoke to me says you know the sad thing about all this is the bartenders making more money than our pastors are I didn't mean to go there we we and I say we because I participated in this before we spend more money at a nightclub or at a bar on a Friday and Saturday night than we do when we come into the house of God offering our gifts and our tithe I didn't come here to, to to beat people up about tithe and offering but I'm here to tell you this that tithe and offering is a form of worship and I'm here to tell you if you don't learn how to worship God in your giving nothing else is going to fall into suit when it comes to the rest of your worship so you have to also learn how to worship God in your giving in the act of giving let me get back here because I'm getting sidetracked because I'm, I'm thinking about the, the differences between God and, and Satan. You know, I, I, I got to say this. When, when you go to a nightclub and you're, you're listening to the music, and, I, and I, I remember seeing people get up and they're doing the, hey, you know, they're doing their little, y'all act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. And, you know, and you got the guys over there, hey, look at that shorty over there. And, 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 they, and they're going back and forth, and, you know, they're buying each other drinks, and they're doing this, and they're doing and all a bunch of sanctified saints in here don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, I got, I got you. So, you know, we, 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 we see what goes on and we have ourselves a good old time. And the other difference between the alcohol being the counterfeit to the Holy Ghost is, you know, you wake up with a hangover on the next morning. I can promise you with the Holy Ghost, you waking up feeling mighty fine. You're waking up feeling like you can go another day. With alcohol in your system, with drugs in your system, you have to do that again to survive another day. Because that's what the enemy's put in your mind. But I'm here to tell you, if you uh, jump into the middle of the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Spirit begin to saturate you, you'll do the same thing with the Holy Spirit that the drugs have done to you. You'll want to get into the Holy Spirit, get into the Word of God, and worship God every single day. Listen, I know that I, I, I was just joking when I'm talking about a house full of saints because I know people here tonight, this morning, I keep saying night, I don't know what, maybe the times really got me messed up, but I know there are people here tonight that, this morning, that can still relate to me. I, I've been the one that's been on alcohol. I've done the drugs. I know where a lot of people are coming from today when you say, you just don't understand. I can't get off of this stuff. It's, it's addicting. It's got me under control. It's, it's controlling my mind. And, you know, Pastor David spoke last week about the devil controlling your mind. And it's a mindset. And I'm here to tell you, you have to learn to change your mindset. You've got to learn to get a vision that everything is going to be all right. Once you can get a vision that it's going to be okay, now you have some hope. Listen, folks, without hope, you're not going to survive. But if you get a vision that everything is going to be all right, it doesn't matter what the enemy may throw your way. It doesn't matter what obstacles may come your way, what mountains may seem to be too tall. I promise you with a glimpse of hope, with a vision that God gives you, I promise you he will see you through till the end. Can somebody say amen in this place? But we've got to check ourselves before we wreck ourselves. When we come into the door, 
We have to understand that we're coming into the presence of Almighty God. We come into the courts with thanksgiving, with praise. It should be on our mind. It should be in our heart. Listen, if you're waiting for me and this team or Pastor Ron or Pastor Hank to get you into the presence of God, shame on you. You should be listening to worship music, studying the Word of God the night before, the morning. I can promise you, listen, I've said it before, you come to my house, in my, in, in my bedroom, worship music plays 24-7. It doesn't stop. My iPad or my iPod is connected. The juice is to it. I mean, I guess if the power went out and, and the battery died, we may have a problem. And at that point, I can promise you, I'll just start singing. Because I believe that we speak things into existence. We speak things into an atmosphere. And I'm telling you, if you'll let worship consume your day, it'll begin to consume your mind. You want to change your mindset? Change what you listen to. Change what you look at. Change the way you talk. Change the people that are in your inner circle. That wasn't part of this, but that was free. We won't charge you like I would have charged the NFL. The NFL would have got charged at least five or six billion dollars for that one. Lord have mercy. They're crazy. This morning I want to share with us that, that when you worship God, you have to worship with your spirit. God is wanting you, when he, when he says worship him in spirit and truth, what he's saying is every person has your flesh, and your, which is your flesh man, and then your spiritual man. And what God says is, I want your spiritual being to connect with his spiritual being. He wants you to connect with the Holy Spirit. And if you can connect with your spirit man, I can promise you that the spirit man will change your fleshly man. How many have heard the old saying, garbage in is garbage out? If you eat a bunch of junk, I'm going to leave that one alone, Pastor Hank. I, I, I started, and I, I'm going to share this with you real quick. I started something about six months ago in trying to take care of the temple, which is the temple here, my, my physical body, because the Bible does say that your body is the temple that the Holy Spirit can dwell in until Jesus comes back. And I, I'm a firm believer that if the Holy Spirit is going to dwell in me, I want the temple to look good. I want it to be healthy. Um, whether or not anybody else thinks it looks good is beside the point. I want the Holy Spirit, and I want God to be satisfied with my temple. And I, I believe that sometimes we have to rebuild the temple, so to speak. And so about six months ago, I decided to start taking some, some natural herbs and, and a lot of vitamins and taking things to help, help me. <laughs> because, you know, I, I put up on Facebook back a few months ago a picture of me when I was in high school in basketball uniform. Ooh, Jesus. Um, I think probably about 100 pounds lighter than I am now. You know, and it was, it was really scary because back then, we, you know, now they got these shorts that come down past their knees when they play basketball. And now I wasn't quite as bad as John Stockton where he had almost like Speedos when he was playing basketball. But, you know, we had those ones that came down about, and I started looking at my legs. I said, oh, man, my mama let me go out in public like that to play basketball. It was sad. And I began to look at the way that I once was on an outward appearance. And a lot of you can relate to this today because a lot of you guys, a lot of us, 
have been depressed because of the way we have turned out. Not just in our physical being, our physical looks, but also in, in the way that we have tur- our life has turned out. And we feel like we've been disappointed or, or we've disappointed God or we've disappointed our family. And a lot of you can relate to that. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. It's never too late to change your mindset. It's never too late to change your attitude. You know, at 40 years old, I made a, de- a choice that it was time for me to take care of this temple. With two parents, that one of them being in a nursing home now, and, and one of them being at home with a nurse that comes there seven days a week, I realized that I'm, for- I'm fortunate that I'm able to take care of my parents. But there's going to be a day that's going to come when I'm going to need to be taken care of. And I hope that my children are, are, are able to do that. But the, the thing is, I don't want to get to that point. And I believe if I take care of myself, and I do a better job of taking care of myself spiritually and emotionally and mentally and physically, that I'm going to have a much better life. Can you all understand and agree with me this morning? If you take care of yourself, and I'm not just talking about physically, but mentally and emotionally, psychologically, if you just take care of yourself, that means you're going to have to get rid of some stuff. Now, well, this is talking about our worship attitude. Because there's time that we have to get rid of some things in our lives, some junk in our lives. In order to be able to focus on what God wants us to do, we've got to get rid of some junk. Now, God is in the junk collecting business. I can promise you that. Why? Because we're all here today. Come on. He is in the junk collecting business. He is a garbage picker-upper. Because he picked me up. And when he did, he got a lot of garbage. And I'm thankful today that the garbage that he had picked up, that garbage was turned into something special. I believe that the debris was turned into diamonds when he did something with me. I believe that there was something that happened when God decided to grab this garbage, this junk, this little piece of clay, and he remolded me and made me, just like the, we talk about the, the potter's house, where the potter will remold you and make you into the vessel that he wants you to be. But you have to be willing to surrender the junk first. And I believe this morning when we surrender the junk, the trash, the garbage that has us bound in chains, when we surrender that to God, we can change our worship attitude. Now, I'm not going to pick on everybody. I am going to pick on the Hope House girls. That's not everybody, just a big chunk of y'all, okay? I see when y'all come in church, you drive in vans. It means multiple people are in a vehicle. I know y'all live together. A house full of women. God bless Pastor David. There's got to be times, and I don't need any hands. Y'all keep your eyes straight ahead. Don't be, don't be doing any of that now. There's got to be times when y'all get on each other's nerves. Not even listening to the leader right now. I'm trying to tell you, don't do that. There's got to be times when you're driving here. I'm just going to use this as an example from the Hope House. And there's a situation. Maybe somebody's going through something. And instead of somebody taking a leadership role and say, you know what? Let's stop and pray right now. Do you know what happens when you cut it off 
right there you cut it off and don't allow the enemy an inch to go any further you have just changed the attitude of many people I'm gonna challenge you guys because you guys all group together and go here go there I'm blessed because most of the time I'm by myself so if I want to argue with myself it's just me myself and I most of the time people drive and they see me and they think you're crazy because I'm just singing I mean I'm just letting it rip I mean, the stereo is cranked. It goes to 37, and I can promise you it's on 37. The speakers are pumping, and I'm just going to town. You know, it's fortunate I haven't been in any accidents because I'm just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Still believe. Yes, I still believe, God. It, anyways, so when you're, tri- when you're driving down the road, you're going to a store, you're going someplace, and, and somebody comes to you, whether it's in confidence and whether they, they just need someone to talk to what you've got to do, and everybody, this is not just the Hope House girls, this is everybody, including me. You've got to stop. You've got to stop adding to the junk. You've got to stop and say, you know what? Let's just, let's just take a second and pray. I, I know you need to talk, and I'm going to listen to you, but I promise you, if you can get them to pray first, their attitude changes as well. And now when they want to talk to you, they're going to talk to you with a whole different attitude. They're going to talk to you with a whole different mindset. Because something happens when you enter into the presence of God. So, remember that a heavy spirit can hinder your worship towards God. We've got to get rid of three things. These three things, if we can get this in our, in our spirit this morning, I said this morning, If we can get it in our spirit this morning, I promise you, it's going to radically change your life. The first thing we've got to get rid of before coming to the house of the Lord is pride. Our praise team will tell you every time we pray together, the words that come out of my mouth is, God, help us to decrease so that you can increase. Help us to be vessels of honor instead of dishonor. That's our prayer. That's my prayer. That when we come up here to worship, it's not about us. It's not. It's about Him. I know we've said it, everyone says it, we worship to an audience of one. Listen, we, we are worshiping to an audience of one. And we hope that you join in with us in worshiping to an audience of one. We're not here for you to worship us. We're not worshiping you. We've come here together as a corporate body of believers and even some unbelievers to worship God. Now, I've used the example before here, I believe a few months ago. I was speaking and I, I had two, a couple people up and, and how one person, you know, one person comes as an invite and they're not a non-worshipper or they're a non-Christian, non-believer. And the believers, you know, they're worshiping, they're having themselves a good old time. The guy who's a non-believer has probably got a cell phone out, he's got his iPhone, he's checking out Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram and whatever else is out there nowadays and he's checking all of it and he's just like okay well i gotta sit down here in a minute my legs are getting tired y'all know what i'm talking about and oh my god with this praise and worship god is shut up already we're doing this for five minutes you better hang on we in it for a ride but anyways and, 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 and their mindset is i came here because i was invited or my mama made me come whatever the attitude is it's it's not getting in it's not entering in so and as I use the example before the person's there but here's the power of praise and this is what I want to get to you guys this morning this goes back to the whole riding in a van the Hope House girls and cutting things off when somebody is here 
and they don't maybe know how to worship or they don't understand worship they don't understand why they're even here maybe they came as a favor and they're stuck in between a couple people that are worshiping and they're just kind of like okay in a matter of time and I can promise you this and if you think about it you probably have seen it happen in the middle of worship there's just something that begins to happen in people's lives when they're there and they're stuck between people who are worshiping their attitude begins to change and you see before long where some people may they may hold their hands right like this and I don't want to go too far now but you know what they're doing these guys are having a good time over here so let's you know and before long maybe maybe not that Sunday maybe a couple Sundays down the road they're coming they keep coming back for something different because I can promise you when you get in the presence of God one time it is like a drug and it can be addictive so maybe a couple weeks later the hands are going up more like this or maybe they're starting to clap a little bit but I can promise you if the people that are surrounding them continue to enter in and they continue to worship no matter what this person is going through I can promise you in a matter of time they'll begin to worship God not even understanding why not even understanding the purpose of worship or even the acts of it they begin to observe what other people are doing and it's not a matter of copycatting it's not a matter of uh, duplicating somebody else what it is a matter of seeing somebody else being blessed somebody else is receiving something and they want whatever it is that you've got so why do we this is a question why do we continue to come into the house of God with almost the attitude of well God bless me if you can I just I've had a rough week you know lost my job I ain't got no money for the baby kids. I ain't, I ain't got this. I ain't got that. And we, we let the enemy fill our mind with all kinds of issues. And we come in here, and some of you don't even stand up during worship. Now listen, if you've got a physical issue, that's fine. But the Bible says, let everything that has breath. It didn't say, well, if you're missing an arm, you have an exe exemption from worshiping. It didn't say if your vocal cords have been cut, you have an exemption from worshiping. Listen, it doesn't matter if you think you can sing or can't sing. I've heard people drown us out who was off key and singing different words. I mean, just getting down with whatever it is getting down with, but they was worshiping God, and I promise you, it is pleasing to the eyes and the heart and the ears of the Lord when we enter into God's presence with the right attitude. Now you say, does it have to be just the church? No, I'm glad you asked that question. It doesn't. It shouldn't be. It should be your home. If any place, it should be your home. The place you lay your head at night should be a refuge. Do you understand? It should be. You say, well, you don't know my home situation. And you're right, I don't. And some of you may not have the freedom to worship God in your home. And, I, and it's sad, and I understand that. But why do you, you, you come here and you have an opportunity we still live in America where it is the land of the free. We have the freedom to worship God. And we come in here and we allow the enemy to beat us up so bad we feel guilty. Or we have the pride. So we're getting rid of pride. We're getting rid of guilt. The second thing is we have to get rid of a critical spirit. I'm going to speak to some of y'all now. Not intentionally. I ain't pointing no fingers. Remember, if I point one, I got three more pointing back at me. When we come in here, we're critical. 
I don't like the lights. I don't like the, the sound. I don't like the, the projectors got spots all over. You know, I can barely see this one. You know, I don't like the way the chairs are set up. I don't, you know, I don't like the fact that we have stains on the, on the ceiling tile because we have leaks in the building. My daddy taught me a long time ago, don't complain with what you tolerate. If you don't complain about it, then do something about it. We need help around here? Help. I, I, that was free too. I just want to throw that in there, Pastor. As much work as we've been doing around here lately, it'd be good to welcome some more help around here. But anyways, I didn't, I didn't come to talk about that and beat y'all up for not helping out. But anyways, um, thank you for the flowers, by the way. They're beautiful. I want us to understand when we come in here with a critical spirit, we come in here saying, I don't have any money to give in the offering. Why do they always, it's all about money. We've heard that a hundred billion times. Church is all about money. Some of y'all sitting there right now and you've been some of the ones guilty of saying it. We're always asking, why in the world does Church of the Harvest take up two offerings? Isn't one good enough? Well, if you understood the purpose and why we do it, maybe you'd have a much willing heart to give more. That was a free one too. I didn't mean to say that one. But we have a critical spirit. We come in here with an attitude that needs to be changed. The third thing is having the wrong concept of who God truly is. And this is the good part. This is the part where we want to talk about the good things. I've been beating us up, all of us, because I'm guilty of the same thing. This is the good part. We've got to have a better concept of who God truly is. Now, God is this. God is the, uh, the, the God who created uh, for, we're familiar with David. David, in the book of uh, uh, Psalms, he wrote most of the Psalms, and he's one of the, the great psalmists of, of the Bible. And we know that David also was called the man after God's own heart, but we also know that David was also a murderer, and he was also an adulteress. We, all, we know that all the things about David, well, the one thing about David is he learned is to go into worship with the right attitude. So, we're talking about David. David learn how to create somebody trying to get in the building back there or something. I don't know. We got squirrels in the church. Oh, Lord. We, if they're going to dance in the Holy Ghost, we'll set the squirrel, squirrels out. Amen. David created 4,000 instruments. We find it in First Chronicles. 4,000 instruments were created by David for praising the Lord. For giving God praise, he created 4,000 instruments. Now, I can go to Guitar Center today and find probably thousands of, 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 of instruments. And, and they all come from all types of different manufacturers. They send them from all over the world to Guitar Center for people to go and have fun. You know, like Chris, he'll go there and probably sit for three days playing guitars. And, and Tanner going to the drums. And, and we have to, they have to kick him out because the drums is just what he wants to hear. We have a fun time with that. But can you imagine in the Bible days, David being responsible for creating 4,000 instruments to be played and worshiping God at one time. Now, I remember going, how many's ever heard of the Promise Keepers? I remember going to a Promise Keepers event in Tampa, Florida at the big football stadium where the Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers play. And I remember being there with about 70,000 men. And there's nothing to me that's more satisfying than standing there with 70,000 men singing, How Great Thou Art. 
when we stand there and we sing, then sings, my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. And you have 70,000 men singing that song, telling God how great he is. And we can go to an event like that, Pastor Hank, and we can go there and we can be all excited and pumped up. We come back home and we see all the other garbage going on and it changes our attitude. It was good while we was at a special event. We get back into familiar surroundings and it changes. David said, that's not what I want to happen. David says, I want to create instruments to praise God continuously. Now, I, I told you I have praise and worship going on in my house continuously. It's because I believe in speaking things into the atmosphere. I believe that we worship God all day long. I can't do that. I, the job I have. Really, you can't do that? Let's look at that. Psalms 47.1 says, Come everyone and clap for joy. That's why we clap. Listen, I can be in my car and clap for joy. I ain't got to be in a church service. I can be in my car and clap for joy. Psalms 28.7 says, praise him with the whole body. That's why we stand in the presence of God. Because he's instructed us to praise him with our entire body. Whatever parts work, you need to use them. Hello. We're going to wrap it up here in a second. Psalms 95.6 says, come let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. We see people sometimes laid prostrate out on the ground. People come into an altar and they'll kneel down and they'll worship God. And we want to know why in the world do they do silly things like that. This is why. Because the Bible instructs us in Psalms 95, 6, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord God, our maker. Ecclesiastics 3, 4 says, And a time to dance. Well, I don't believe in dancing in church. I grew up Catholic, or I grew up Methodist. I grew up this, I grew up that. Well, listen, our church has loud music, and I like it. Our church believes in worshiping in spirit and truth, and I want to worship in the spirit, and when I worship, it's going to be true and genuine. I can promise you that. What you've got to do is understand the reasons why we worship. Understanding that will help you come in here with a better attitude, an understanding of where it is you're supposed to be. Acts 12, verse 11, if you'll come to the keyboard, Josh. After King Herod had killed James, he went after Peter because he was preaching. He found Peter and he had, had him put in prison. And then an angel came to Peter in the middle of the night and delivered Peter from prison. Peter found the key to get out of that place, and it was worship. Paul and Silas was thrown in jail. They found a way to get out of jail, and that was through their worship. How many knows that it says in the, in the midnight hour, they begin to worship God. They begin to sing praises unto God. And, and my studies tell me that in that prison cell, there was approximately 100 inmates. Like I've said before, I, I can imagine that at midnight, they're singing, I sing praises to your name, O Lord, and whatever songs they want to sing. And, 
and I can hear them now because you I mean if any of y'all been in jail before you y'all supposed to be sleeping at midnight I mean you know, it's it's lights are out supposed to be sleeping and you got somebody in there just singing praise and worship songs and praying out loud and people knocking on the you know taking their cups you know how they didn't on the jail cell or whatever they probably didn't have it like that back then but I'm sure they're making noise they're, they're trying to tell them to shut up and go to sleep well I can promise you this when the jail began to shake, rattle, and roll, and the, the prison opened up, as they were leaving, they are probably giving them a high five, saying thank you. <laughs> Whatever you did, thank you. And Paul and Silas, you know, they left and they came back because they didn't want to leave the prison guard. They didn't, they didn't want to leave the situation undone. And they understood that through their worship, they were delivered. The chains that had them bound, they were delivered from. They were broken off of their life because they learned how to worship God. Peter had an angel come to him. He learned how to worship God. He knew that James had just been killed. He could have been depressed. He could have been so upset. Could have said, God, why in the world are you taking my best friend? But he didn't. He began to worship God in the middle of his circumstances. And through that, the chains were broken. The prison door was set open. How many of you this morning would have stayed behind like Paul and Silas did to see to it that the guard knew about Jesus? So many times when God delivers us from a situation, boom, we gone. Don't want to go back there again. Ah, I'm out. Paul and Silas, you know, they had an opportunity to just do the same thing. And they said, you know what? This guy heard us praising. This guy heard us worshiping. We need to do something about that. So many times, our family members, we have an experience with God. God breaks the chains off of our life. And we don't go back and share it with our family. And then we wonder why we go through hell at home. You don't understand what I'm going through. I, I, listen, I know. I've heard them all. I've heard all the excuses, I'm sure. You may not be able to go to them and sit down and have a Bible study. I understand that. But if you change the way you think, figure it out. Be creative. The spirit that's living within you, let the spirit speak to you and tell you how to handle the situation. I promise you, if you'll just let God change the worship attitude within you. He'll help you figure out a way to not leave people behind. In Romans 8, the last scripture I'm going to use, Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, walk in the spirit free from sin and death. The enemy this morning is under subjection to the Holy Spirit, and I want you to know that. There's nothing that he can do to you without permission. It's a hard one to understand. It's a hard one to understand and get wrap your mind around because you say, God, why did this happen? Why did you give the enemy permission to do so? But then he says in the Word, he says, I'll never give you more than you can handle. I don't understand that one because there's many times I've wanted to say okay God I can't handle this no more I'm that's done throw in the towel 
I'm done. And just when you feel like throwing in the towel, you know, I'm, I, I got to share this with you. And I, I wasn't going to do it. I'm, 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 I just feel like that somebody needs to hear this. I went through a really tough time in my life about four years ago. And I, uh, was at that point in my life where most of you all have been before, you just kind of say, why? I mean, what's going on here? I mean, I'm serving you. I, I'm, I feel like I'm doing what you call me to do. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing things the right way. I mean, I, I feel in my spirit that things are going right. And why does everything seem to be going wrong? And I let the enemy just beat me up going through a situation with my family and going through a divorce and my kids having a rough time and you know I allow the enemy to change my mindset away from what God had had set up before <clears throat> and I remember one night it got so bad I hadn't seen my girls and Can, can I just be real with y'all for a second? Just share my heart? Okay. It got so bad that I, I, I remember driving, and I was in Jacksonville, Florida, and I, I drove towards one of the biggest bridges in Florida. And I told God, I said, God, I haven't heard from you in a long time. I don't feel like you even know my address anymore, my phone number. I mean, you just, it's like you've abandoned me. I mean, everyone's been there, I'm sure. I mean, I had been there before even, and I, I just, I knew what to do to get close and to, to draw him back and me draw towards him. And I, I knew what to do before, but this time, nothing was working. Nothing seemed to work on my part. And I remember driving, I said, God, if I can't, feel your presence I don't want to live anymore I, I don't want to be here without you I'm, I'm nothing and I said I, I'm headed to this bridge the Danes Point Bridge and I said God I'm going to tell you I'm going to park at the bottom and I'm going to walk to the top If I haven't heard from you by the time I get to the top, that's it. I'm done. I parked my car. I got out and I started climbing, walking. And I kept praying. I said, God, I'm telling you, I don't want to do this. I want to. I got probably within 10, 15 yards of being at the top. I just stopped and I looked. And I said, God, 
this is not how you work. I said, God, I've preached all my life what you will what you do and what you will do for us. And I said, why are you not talking to me? And I'm going to tell you, it's clear as day. He spoke to me and he says, you know, I've been trying to talk to you for so long, but you won't shut up long enough for me to talk, to give you an answer to what you're trying to hear. And I stood there and I was in awe. I was like, God, why couldn't you have told me to shut up like 400 yards ago so I could have heard you and not got out of my car? He said, because I wanted you to see how easy it is for the enemy to trick you, make you think you're not worth it, that you're not worth me sending my son to die for you. I said, okay, God. But I need, I need something. I, I mean, I'm hearing you. I'm, I'm feeling you talking to me. But I need something right now. I need something for you to show me. To tell me that it's going to be okay. Because I can go back to my car. Because I did say, if I hear your voice, I won't do it. I said, I've heard your voice. I, I know you're speaking to me. But I need something to give me that hope. He spoke to me, says, you get in your car and you drive back home. And I promise you, by the time you get home, you'll know exactly what I'm doing for you. I got in my car and I drove about a 30-minute drive. I pulled into my subdivision. Getting ready to pull in, I hit the garage door opener and my phone rings. about 11.30 at night on a school night. Now the other end I hear Daddy what are you doing? I hadn't heard from my daughter in six months. And right then and there I do I got had not left me and forsaken me. And he knew what was the dearest thing to my heart. I don't share that testimony because people get freaked out when you talk about, they think you're suicidal, you talk about like that. But I can promise you, every one of y'all has had thoughts of, you know what, I've had about all I can take. I'm just one that's willing to actually say something about it because God's broken the chains off of my life since then and not saying that times don't get tough because man I, I've gone through another trial the past six months of my life but you know when you allow the enemy to come in and he runs a rap shot over your mind and I, I know I'm kind of piggybacking off of what Pastor David said last week but the key to that is you've got to change your attitude your attitude towards God don't blame God for everything that goes wrong in your life. Maybe, have you ever tried blaming the devil for it? I mean, seriously. Have you ever just said, you know what, devil, I'm tired of what you're doing. Instead of asking God why, why don't you say, devil, why? Why do you think you can get away with this? Seriously, why do you think you can torment me and think that you're going to win? Change it. Change the way you think, the way you talk. The change in your mind 
will change the way you think, the way you talk, the way you act. This morning, it's time for us to break the chains off of our life. And I, I believe that through your worship, through a time of intercession, through a time of prayer, being in your prayer closet. Now listen, I, I gave you examples of how I do things. It doesn't mean that that's the only way it works. You've got to pray and ask God. God, give me direction on how it is for me. What, what do I need to do to be able to stay? My, my mind has to be right. What do I got to do? And, you know, I, I, I've said it to so many people in counseling. I, they're dealing with nightmares, dealing with this, dealing with that. They can't sleep at night. And I say, you know, put on some worship music. Not Striper, not some of the hard. Not, I mean, listen, worship music, something that can bring you and draw you into the presence of God. And I can promise you, it may not happen the first night may not happen the second night but if you'll be focused on doing what God wants you to do it's going to be alright the question I have how many people can relate to what I've talked about this morning okay so we've all can relate how many people want to do something about it? Almost as many people want to do something about it. Listen, if you're like me, and you've been in the situation where I've been in, you feel like, hey, that's it. It's enough is enough. Today's your day. There's no reason to go any longer. There's no reason to delay it any longer. You need to get focused on getting your mind right. Your, your, your worship attitude's got to be right. This morning, they're getting ready to play a song, a simple song, a simple chorus. talks about breaking chains. And I'm just going to ask you to do one thing. I'm, I'm, it's not going to be your typical end of service. But if, if you want to change your worship attitude, you want to change your mindset, if you want to change how you view God, if you want to get rid of pride, if you want to be able to just quit having a critical spirit every time you walk into the church, or even just being at home or around people at work, this morning I believe if you'll step out, non-traditional, find a place. I, I don't care where. I mean, it could be up there sitting next to Austin as far as I'm concerned find you a place in this room get alone with God don't leave here bound by a rotten attitude don't do it if you have addictions this morning worship your way through them if you have hurt and pain worship your way through them if you have a sickness and you need healing let's worship our way through it this morning, quit seeking the healing and seek the healer. Quit seeking the gift and seek the giver. Quit seeking the blessing and find the blesser. If you'll seek after God, if you'll find a moment, there's no time limit. I, listen, get in a spot, whether it's in your seat, whether it's standing or it's kneeling, and ask God to reveal to you the junk, the garbage, 
and give you a game plan on how to get out from underneath it, to get away from it. Give your junk to the Lord this morning. Let him collect that garbage. Let him collect that junk away from your worship attitude. As we get ready to sing this song, I just want you to find your spot. And after we've had a time of worship, Pastor Rhonda, Pastor Hank, you guys just feel free to come up and be led. But we're just going to sing this song. And as we start singing, I just want you to find that place. Find a place in here, begin to worship God. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. Break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. Come on, find your place of worship. There's an army rising up to break every chain. 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 break every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain. Break every chain. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. Break every chain. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain.